0: This is episode 212 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Control and Compound Financial. They teach real estate investors how to multiply their wealth using infinite banking strategies. For a complimentary wealth coaching session or to learn more, visit www.controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines. Are you interested in getting started in investing in the United States but not sure where to start? Why not attend the Investing in the U.S. Mastermind hosted by myself and Nick Van Dyke on March 4th, 2023. Nick and I will be covering topics ranging from A to Z, new construction, multifamily development, Airbnb, and much, much more, as well as the basics, including opening a bank account and understanding the proper corporate structure. We'll have several keynote speakers touching on very specific topics. And most importantly, you'll be sitting in a room with people who are highly focused and highly committed to investing in the United States. For more information, visit investingintheus.com and send me a DM on Instagram for a special discount code. I'll look forward to seeing you at the event. Welcome to episode 212 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I've got Isaiah Henry on this episode. And uh, Isaiah is a guy that uh, reached out to me. I had a good vibe about his story. It sounded like he had an interesting one to tell. Uh, It was a really nice guy. And uh, sure enough, he made the journey down here and we had a chat about what he's doing in Timmins, Ontario. So Isaiah has a background in policing and he's since switched to being an ambulance dispatch. He's a big community builder. That's one of the big things I took away from him. So he's distance investing in Timmins, Ontario even though he lives in eastern Toronto and he's uh, reaching out to local people in the community and he's really building up his community there so that he has people that'll look out for him and help him build his rental acquisition business so he's doing a combination of his own holds and joint ventures we dug into the whole structure what he's doing and the numbers and and what's unique about Timmins for instance you got to shovel your roof in Timmins otherwise you might get too much snow and it actually could damage your roof so interesting stuff it's cool to see how different markets operate differently and uh, certainly cash flow is one of the big pluses to going up there so if you're interested in cash flowing rentals this is an episode to dig into just before we jump into the episode please make sure you like subscribe hit the notification bell and leave us a comment and if you're an audio listener make sure that you leave us a rating and review five stars would be greatly appreciated just to help more people find the show and once again i'm going to make a special mention of rei hot seat which is the sister channel to this one it's a youtube only show for deal analysis so if you're interested in digging into the numbers and hearing about really cool off-market deals from our resident realtor jacob campanero make sure you're tuning into that show weekly episodes usually drop on wednesday or thursday so without further ado let's jump into episode 212 with isaiah Henry. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Isaiah Henry on the show and he's going to tell me how we got connected here. I know we were talking on Instagram a little bit. But, Isaiah, thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so I've been watching uh, or listening to the show for pretty much since I started real estate investing. Uh, We went back and forth. You put up a story and we we were talking about uh, pro funds for a little bit. Okay. Uh, Then, you know, as I got a little bit further ahead in my investing career, I said, Hey, like, are are you looking for any other guests? We went back and forth and got connected with uh, your team. And yeah, we were able to set something up. It's very organic.
0: I'm going to to go off on a tangent here a little bit. But uh, my guest, sourcing is uh actually almost never done through an agent i have agents will contact me in, in an abundant number way more than i could even respond to and then they'll follow up with me a minimum of four times and i just i can't even respond to them because it's just it's out of hand yeah I so the organic hey andrew i'd like to come on is pretty much how it happens like and it's it's not when somebody reaches out for somebody else it's actually when that person reaches out to me and uh ideally we're already connected And and then I'll go and then otherwise, it's like an invite or somebody I talk to. Also coming out to the meetup for anybody who uh, who hasn't done that yet. Like that's a good way we can have a chat. But I appreciate the way you did it. Because that's the that way I get a guest coming on. Not everybody's heard your story. Yeah and that's i i really like that i don't i personally don't love it when i have somebody on who goes on four other podcasts and then then somehow my release date is the same (laughs) as all the others yeah i know it's different but this is still my preference so i appreciate that um tell me a little bit about your story like when did you start
1: investing and uh what are you into for sure so uh in terms of investing started in like 2017 uh bought a pre-con in Mm -hmm. toronto no idea what i was doing yeah i think i was yeah, I was still working at like the city pool. So I was a lifeguard. Okay. So I remember um, paper came in. I was living at home still. And there was like a little cutout in the paper. Yeah. For, um Condos for like whatever it was for. And I'm out here crunching like my numbers. Up. I'm like, oh, I make this much per hour from teaching this much from lifeguarding. Yeah. Oh, I can make it work. I can make it work. So I call my mom I'm like, yo, we're going to go buy a, a condo this weekend. Yeah. She's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go do it. So we went down, you know, hooked it up, uh, bought it. And then I didn't do anything for like two or three years. But when I wanted to get back into it, it was like a one phase one, two, three kind of build. Oh, so you bought pre-construction. Yeah, Yeah. it was a pre-con, right? So in like the first... Uh, I bought like phase two. So then I saw what phase three was going for. I'm like, holy crap. I just made like six figures on paper and I didn't do anything. So I'm like, oh, there's got to be something more to this real estate thing. And that's when I started diving in. And then I started actually picking up properties with like the uh, with the mindset of, hey, let's do this as a real estate investment. Let's do this to start building out there. And then, yeah, from about 2019 is when I got serious to kind of where we are now. Okay,
0: yeah, it's uh, very similar for uh, a friend of mine who he refuses to come on the podcast, but uh, <laughs> he uh, started a similar way pre-construction. Holy crap! Wow, that, that was really profitable. One thing leads to another. You know, before you know it, he's you know huge private lender. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, just doing doing it all, buying properties a business partner of mine as well on, on a project. So, nice. um, like to hear those, those stories. Now, of course, pre-construction is
1: not something I've invested in because it relies so much on speculation. Exactly. And I think like you make a good point there. Like I got lucky and I'll be the first person to say yeah. this. I definitely got lucky. Um, because like, you know what happened with like COVID in that yeah. bull run we had, like, it was crazy. Appreciation was nuts. And yeah. even now, like I'm looking to exit that position, like through an assignment and it's yeah. not the same as if, um, where we were pre-COVID. Yeah. Right. So, and there's nothing you did. Like there's no Value add opportunities, no way for you to really control the investment. The builder has all these different uh, rules that they can put in place. CRA, like there's so much. And now that I know what I know and actually, like, you know, how to add value through what kind of stuff I'm doing, I'm like, I don't think I'd go back to a pre-con.
0: I shouldn't have said so, such hard terms. Yeah. Uh, there's always a circumstance. Yes, <laughs> if it's a great deal, then of course, um, you know, if, if I feel that there's there's you know some hedge, or if I feel like the market's already at the bottom, and I and I have some reason to believe that that it's going up. But I, you know, for my strategy, I like I like the option where I can do value add, I can monetize in new ways, yeah. explore my opportunities. You know, hey, I could try it as an Airbnb. If not, I'll rent it month to month. Uh, exactly. Um, there, I, I do know of there are some developers who, you know, depending on who you're working with, like you can get, you know, situations where you're you're buying a pre-co with a sort of like a rental guarantee, and yeah, it's going to be yeah. rented and managed when it's done. Yeah. That's I can see that being appealing to a certain crowd. Yeah, hundred percent um yeah.
1: i guess maybe i think i'm a little bit more active where i am in My yeah real estate if you're right less now. active that yes, works exactly yeah 100 yeah. percent.
0: especially because yeah if you're working with a realtor that gets pre-co at like super discounted rates yeah. and then you're getting the managed product then we're talking about something but again it's all about personal preference and what you're trying to do
1: 100 percent, man
0: yeah okay so not not exactly what you're trying to do now you're much more hands-on right yeah okay. that's more of a hands-off so so what uh What are you into now then? 2019, you really got going, right? hundred percent. So
1: 2019, I was like the poster boy for like shiny object syndrome. I was trying to do everything, Mm -hmm. trying to do single family, multifamily, with a burr, short-term rental it, uh, as well as flipping the property at the same time. So I found out very quickly Mm -hmm. that didn't work. Um, I started investing kind of near where I was. I'm from the Durham region, so I invested there. Moved out to Windsor when everyone was having fun out there. And I, I picked up a couple uh, good deals there. But then I took my talents up north. Uh, so I went to like Sudbury and <laughs> Timmins. And uh, yeah, they call me the mayor of T-Town because that's uh, where I do most of my damage now. That's where I'm building my business, my portfolio. And yeah. uh, that's where we're uh, continuing to grow for the foreseeable okay. future. So
0: physically, you still live where? Uh, Whitby. So Durham. Whitby. Region. So you never moved from there, but you were, you were doing stuff in Windsor. That's quite the distance. That's what, five hours? Yeah.
1: It's yeah, Windsor's like four and a half. On I've only yeah. uh, only driven up there twice. Um, okay, the first time was awful because I did right through rush hour. But then the next time I did it at four a.m. That's the only way I'm I'm going to do <laughs> that drive. Um, it's a long drive. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's funny to say that. The most difficult property for me to manage and handle is the one in Oshawa which is like the next town over, yeah. but all the properties from like Timmins to Windsor like those are so easy just because of like the way I built out the business and put systems Yeah, you've in got place. people
0: that you can rely on, right? 100%. Like property management or do you have your own internal management?
1: So yeah, so up uh in Windsor it's property managed because I only own one unit out there, but up in Timmins where like um, I own my units, I also have a property management company up in Timmins as well. Yeah. And I've insourced that because I was just not happy with the service I was getting from external. Yeah. So I just Started building my team internally. It's been really well, and now I'm able to offer yeah. property management services to other investors in that area. Very cool. How many units do you have up there now? Uh, we're including the ones we manage. Sure. Yeah, eight, eight units up there. Yeah. Eight okay. Units we manage up there.
0: Yeah. So th- th- for eight units, does it make sense to have have your own internal? I mean, uh, how much is really needed? I guess at the end of the day, like you can do a lot of management remote, and yeah. then you just need your your boots on the ground for for what happens.
1: Th- that's mostly how it's set up. So yeah. it's uh, between myself, a VA, and a boots on the ground. Um, that's pretty much the, the yeah. team that we're going with. But a lot of things that we do f- between the VA and myself is just build those relationships with people mm-hmm. so that when I need to plug and play, it's not like I'm scrambling. Like I have, if this, like we almost have it in a flow chart. If this happens, we call one, two, or yeah. three. So it's very simple the way yep. we have it. And the boots on the ground, uh, I won't give her her name out, she's kind of secretive, but uh, she's amazing and she loves doing Mm -hmm. what she's doing because she has another job and this is like a part-time thing for her. So two part-time people give me more availability to service that property. And then, you know, as we add more to the the portfolio, she can have more hours or she can end up doing this full-time. So it's a great system Mm -hmm. and uh, it's going- So it's part-time for now. Part so two part times so because yeah. I don't want it to be full time because then I feel like I'm relying on one person they get sick or vacation yeah. I'm kind of down so right now we have two people go running part time
0: that makes a ton of sense and I, I don't think you need a full time until you really really scale it really up big. once you're a few hundred units and then you've got like you kind of want a full time maintenance because yeah. you're getting calls for stuff yeah especially in one area then you know it might even make sense to you just have somebody on salary
1: and then everything yeah. gets taken care of see I I love the idea of that but at the same time I'm like. When you, and again, I'm not saying, you know, anyone who's trying to build a massive business, I don't know if that's my goal. Mm-hmm. My goal is to reach a certain uh, threshold of cash flow and wealth that mm-hmm. enables me and my family to kind of do the things we want. 100 units sounds great, yeah. but it also sounds like a, a headache sometimes when you're you going to actually manage that whole thing. Well, yeah. And, and I guess it's,
0: there's no 200 e- units that are equal. Yeah, it's <laughs> very
1: true. Very there's still true. one
0: that, that was like the 100 units you wish you never owned. And then there's some people that probably have the 100 units that are the easiest to manage ever. Yeah. And then they also have their systems. So it doesn't feel like they own 100 units. Very true. Very true. I think true. that that's a, a big differentiating factor. I was always of, of more of the school, like, let's get less units that can produce or, you know, they'll, they'll be high value. And uh, at the end of the day, um, that, that's sort of how I practice. But I was always the guy that wanted the cash flow. And uh, so, Somewhere in there, and and no, you know every deal you have to just look at it on its own. Yeah, and you know, is this a property I'd want to own? Is this a property I'd feel comfortable managing? Why? What are the fundamentals that I like about it? What type of tenant does it attract? That's the biggest thing, right? Yeah, can I turn this property into something that att- attracts the type of tenant
1: I want to deal with? Hundred percent, and yeah. I, I feel like I learned a lot from like this yeah. podcast and like yeah. other people talking. Um, you know, in the real estate community, everyone's like throwing their door count. Like, I even yeah. see it on Instagram. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, okay, you have like 18 doors that are all cash flow negative. Like, it's it's not yeah, a great position. Yeah, yeah. You be could in. have a lot of doors, and you know,
0: there's so many ways that that really those things should just not be compared. Yeah, like, you shouldn't like, worry about what metric. other people are doing. That said, be inspired by what other people are doing yeah. and take the good from it.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. yeah, I think. Uh, you know like you said every unit that you buy every property that you buy buy it for a purpose make sure it hits the fundamentals yeah. because if you're going to do a deal like you might as well just do one that's actually going to perform well mm-hmm. than just do a deal to you know add another door add yeah. another couple doors to the portfolio. so are you just targeting like single
0: family homes mostly or
1: duplexes so, yeah so we uh, in timmins right now singles are still working especially like to to burr like they're still working really well so
0: you're doing full out rental projects burrs like how how deep of a renovation are you doing
1: um, I like to say they're cosmetic, but you know I'm getting a little carried away now. We got I found a foundation guy who I like working with, so he's okay to clean up uh, a little bit of foundation stuff. Nothing like major structural, but like leaks and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it up, blue skin it or stuff, whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll we'll do. I would say um, cosmetic to like medium sized. Are rentals. you doing
0: work that requires permit?
1: No, we try to stay away from anything that has a mm-hmm. permit unless the seller is going to provide that permit for us prior to to close. I had one instance where that was going to be the case, but mm-hmm. just couldn't get it through with the, yeah, the lawyers. Interesting.
0: Oh, okay, you're just worried about if, if for some reason you can't get a permit for what you want to do.
1: Exactly. And just the speed aspect of mm-hmm. it, like, you know, if you think things are slow in like Toronto mm-hmm. GTA, when you go up to Timmins, it's like people take naps in the, in the office up there. It's so really? slow. Oh, man.
0: I apologize for the yawning. This one-year-old. I'll blame it on him. <laughs> but um, I find smaller towns, they're, they're a little bit more fast and loose, mm-hmm. uh, a lot less thorough. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. I would say that. Uh, and uh, for that reason, sometimes things... Are surprisingly quick. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Go. Why don't you go ahead and get started? We'll get you, we'll get you the paperwork. You know, like stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas in, you know, a city like London and everything is like, every I is dotted, every T is crossed, mm-hmm. you know, stamped, you know, every page is inspected and highlighted and, you know, of your permit package. Yeah,
1: you make a really good point yeah. there. How I'm looking to kind of scale the business in the next uh, year or so is like the goal for 2023, 10 joint venture partners, 10 great properties in Timmins. Mm-hmm. And to do that, I want to make sure that I'm accountable to everything we do it. Like I know... The permit process. I know some of the documents that need to be done. And in Timmins and some mm-hmm. of the smaller towns, you can get away with stuff. But I don't want in three, four years when you know Timmins decides to really crack down on stuff. I'm like, you got all this stuff that's wrong or not structured correctly. Like, mm-hmm. let's just take the time to do yeah. it now. Especially where the price points are, you know, advantageous for us to do that. Let's just yeah. take the time, build the system slowly. Like, I'm not in a rush. Um, you know, as long as things just yeah. keep going, it's that one extra unit or one extra property that you do that you didn't do well or with your systems that's going to put you in a position that you don't. I want to be in?
0: In like, do you have something in mind that you you could make a mistake on,
1: or an example of how you've made a mistake? Yeah. So, the records and Timmins are kind of like all over the place. Like, I I don't know if there was like a big switch when they went from paper to digital, but stuff isn't always documented well. Like. Is this actually a legal duplex? Okay, it's it's zoned for three units, but it's got like two and a half units on it. What is the actual thing? You'll get one thing from the city that says something. The fire department will give you another piece of information. Your lawyer will give you another piece of information. So what do you go off of? So really like fleshing that out and understanding like what kind of property are we getting into what kind of deal is this actually mm-hmm. to make sure that in three, four, five years you're like hey no like this is what we have this is what you said it was so yeah. we're on the same page um i did some like i do a little bit of wholesaling now yeah. and again so i don't go as deep into those deals that i yeah. wholesaling but i i can see problems coming up with investors not doing their due diligence and i said hey I'm not certifying that this is a legal like triplex. So you're or just anything. saying,
0: can it be used as that? That's exactly. The thing. Yeah, and just and do they have like a grandfathering methodology they use. Like if it, if it's been used this way for this number of years, we will allow it.
1: Hundred percent. But that's some of the stuff. It's how that you, you find need. the records. Yes, you got to find the records. What kind of
0: records do they require? Do you know?
1: Um, usually, like, usually the city has something it's like or a the phone.
0: C- like in London, it's like the phone records
1: and then the tax bills. It's like, got to be the tax bills, and yeah. you, the tax bills need to show the number of units because in uh, Timmins, it's it's not metered water. It's uh like set water. It's based on number of units. Yeah. So if you're if you've been charged like for the last fifteen years for one, but you are like, Oh no, this is a three unit property, like the city. Will they back have... charge you? Will they? No, they won't back charge you, but but they won't but let they those won't. two units yeah. be legal. So that's uh, and then okay. you're gonna either change the zoning for that and again for some mm-hmm. of the properties that you wanna get into, is it worth doing all that for the Yeah, the once price you get
0: point? into zoning changes it's gonna get more more
1: difficult. Yeah. So I I don't think I'm there yet in my investing career. Maybe in the future, but I, I think with uh, single and small multis, like we're doing mm-hmm. well. Cash flow is nice. So We'll, we'll keep knocking away at it let's run some uh let's
0: run some numbers oh yeah <laughs> we'll just uh maybe run through an example of like one of the ones you purchased so single family you purchased recently like well what's the time frame because obviously in the
1: last year things have really changed yeah yeah have prices come down there a bunch and no not not significantly because like yeah like they were never that far. They up. were never that high, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, the market definitely changed, but yeah. I think it just slowed down in Timmins, but it didn't really move the price. Yeah. How like, well, are you gonna move the price from like a buck fifty? Where are you gonna move it to? Yeah. Right. So it's just, but it's slowing down. Not as many transactions, or mm-hmm. the speed, and a lot of sellers are just holding okay. that for
0: stuff there. All right. So, one hundred and fifty is your purchase price. Or? Uh, so
1: I just let's. We'll do uh, one of the deals I just did. Yeah. So picked it up for buck forty-four.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. You like you certainly cannot rebuild that for the, that no. price. Yeah. Okay. You're buying under the cost of replacement. I've talked about that on this podcast. I think that that's a nice place to start. Nice place to start. Yeah. Uh, what kind of rentals do you need? Uh, we
1: did 32 into it. 3200? 32K. Okay. So like cosmetic kitchen. thing Yeah. Like that. I added a bathroom in the basement. Uh, redid the bathroom yeah. up top and then LVP paint. Um, I wanted to redo the kitchen, but I was just going to push it. So we just uh, repainted the kitchen. Oh, the yeah, top yeah. Stuff like that. Well, that can work well too.
0: Like a paint is actually pretty good. Like you get those old oak kitchens. I mean, it sometimes can get a little tough uh, covering up the grain. Yeah. But yeah, we get a real
1: good sand on it. The right
0: primer and paint them up. It can look real nice. Yeah. Why not? Um, Okay. So
1: who did that work for you? Uh, That was Mark. It's from Top Notch Contracting. Okay. So he's a guy that operates up there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's like my go-to guy.
0: So you found him. It's worked out well. I mean, for 32 Gs, that's great. That's my guy. Does he do a lot of work uh, up there?
1: yeah oh yeah but yeah. I, I don't want to tell people because he's amazing and yeah. he's like and the thing is um i don't even care what he charges just because like i've worked with other contractors um mm-hmm. some of them don't even take like electronic payment up there some of them are so bad to mm-hmm. like connect with some of them can't use their phone to take a picture of the work because obviously we're doing this virtual yeah but mark goes above and beyond like he's like hey like you good to facetime or yeah you know, working yeah, on perfect. this so yeah he's perfect he's killing it
0: okay so yeah you kind of need that I was, you know my next question is how how many times have you been up there Timmins yeah oh twice just twice yeah and have you looked at all the properties you've bought no no so no. a lot of them you're just doing is Mark running through them for you no so we like we, again our boots on the ground yeah uh, okay.
1: people like they're going uh, they take
0: videos and stuff for videos, you. videos
1: pictures' yeah, getting, uh, yeah that's that's
0: all you need 100%. I mean I, not advice like but if you know what you're doing for me that's all I need depending <laughs> on the property uh okay so purchase 144 Reno, 32 so you're in for about 176 uh what will that that rent for uh 23. 2300 mm-hmm. oops put in twenty that that'd be nice yeah that'd be great uh okay what kind of tax tax bill there uh under
1: two i think that one's 19. okay 1900 insurance like what 1200 or something uh insurance is 73 dollars on a month i think i did 75 on the pro forma all right let's see how that works out
0: so 900 bucks a year oh that's cheap cheap insurance okay um maintenance i'll just leave that at five percent utilities you're not going to pay for anything nope. it's all tenants yeah. that's great management what are you paying for management oh um, you well you yeah, do, we it. do it in ourselves okay so we'll just put like a one percent for your own costs in there um landscaping and snow all tenants all tenants okay so leave that as a zero and then i just leave a miscellaneous in there okay so then you're all in for 176 I know these numbers are obviously gonna be good. You're in Timmins. Yeah. <laughs> a twelve point seven percent cap rate, debt coverage ratio of well, okay, I gotta adjust my, my loan amount. Yeah. So what did what is your mortgage amount there?
1: Uh right now like we I did like a rough appraisal. I it uh, came back at like two fifteen. Did you burr it? Oh we're going to yeah. Oh okay. So you're it so two fifteen is
0: you're already getting that. Okay, well. Yeah. So we're just going to go ahead and adjust this to 15. I don't even ask people if they're burring anymore. I'm like, okay, so you're just leaving the money in there then. Uh, but burr still working. It's always good to hear that. Yeah. Um, so if you do 80% on that, you'll get 172. Yeah. So which would be roughly what you have in. You have 176 into it. Yeah.
1: So leave a little bit in.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then your amortization on that's going to be likely 30 years. Yeah. What interest rate do you figure you'll get?
1: When I refi? Yeah. I don't know, I don't know like six, six? Five.
0: 6.5. 6.5. Let's see. So your mortgage payment still at six point five percent, only a thousand seventy-seven. Cash flow seven eighty-six.
1: On a single family home.
0: Not not a bad thing to have in the portfolio, right? One more house, especially if you've got a bunch in one area. You, yeah. you know, just just consistently making it work. Um, I guess in, in these price points in that area, like it wouldn't even make sense to try and add units. You're better off just continuing to buy and that's individual big,
1: houses. That's a big thing because everyone's yeah. like, Oh, you gotta go multi, you gotta go multi. I'm like, yeah, but like the cost. Like you know, duplex conversion because like you know this property, I was actually looking at it as a conversion because it has a back entrance mm-hmm. that goes right downstairs. It worked. But well. to build that additional unit, you're gonna spend what 150? It's still gonna be 150 rental. Yeah. I can buy a brand new duplex for 250. Like I have yeah. a duplex closing in uh, end of January for 250.
0: for 250. So then you're at yeah you're at 125 a unit, which you would be way more. Um, on this, right? Because if you figure you're two fifteen on the single, how much value are you adding with the second? Exactly, like, it's not going to be worth three hundred, but you're or three fifty,
1: but you're you know you're putting in that much, hundred percent. And yeah. that was my the big drawback. And the tenant quality that that I'm getting. Mm-hmm. on that single-family home is amazing compared to the tenant quality that i would get if i split it up into two units right because yeah. tim is right now they're crying for like three four-bedroom homes like that's a that house we're talking is a four-bed two-bath yeah home, right so that's a really nice property I so it's a very desirable one. house yeah and yeah in one of like the
0: a-plus neighborhoods see in that that's great like i would i would want to own that type of property so yeah. like i'm going to attract the better tenant and that's going to allow you to keep your hairs in and not
1: not go so gray.
0: hundred percent. Okay, so that's a good example. Um, Is this a typical deal for you?
1: Uh, Yeah, I would say so now. Um, In terms, that's one that I I took down myself, like my personal portfolio. So DCR wise, I think I'm getting pretty close um, to what I'm doing. So now Mm -hmm. anything personally, I'll probably do in the commercial side. Um, But with JV Partners, I still think there's some really good opportunities in the single to small multifamily space. And that's the goal for 2023. What do you mean, personal? Oh, you just don't have a partner on it. Yeah, no partner yeah. on it.
0: Yeah. Are you doing these? Like, what kind of lender are you using for these? Are you just like a bank right now?
1: Yeah, all a banks. Um, okay. I did a couple privates um, with some deals in Southern Ontario when I started, just to move money faster. But you know, mm-hmm. up in Timmins, things are still working well with a lender. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, well, no, of course, but eventually you, you kind of hit a point with them, right? And then, of course, you're clogging up your your personal credit if yeah. you ever wanna you ever wanna buy a home for yourself or whatever. Um, you already have your own home, or you. No, I'm no.
1: I'm a big on the renter chain. Either. Yeah,
0: I I always did that. Yeah, too. I'm
1: big on the um, renter chain.
0: Okay, so so that's where you might one day regret it. So this is why I tell people, and I don't give advice, but if I were to you know look at the average investor, if people are going big on their number and their goal, like hey, I want to do hundreds of units, it probably makes sense to consider a corporation. 100%. Just because you're not going to want to have that all over your credit. With that said, your JVs, how are you structuring those?
1: So I do have a corporation
0: and the corporation is the one is the, that partner. is the partner
1: on those. Okay.
0: Yeah. So your corporation partners in on those. So it doesn't affect you personally. Of course, you're doing some sort of joint venture agreement that yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that the banks are okay with. There is a way to do that. I'm told where the banks are okay with them. Yeah. Because the, the, the fundamental difference I heard from Sean Quigg when he came on was that it's uh, an amount equal to, so you're not giving them the interest in the property, but giving them an interest in an amount that's equal to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently that just does all the difference. hundred percent. And yeah, that, you know, that's the, the same
1: law firm that, that I did do Carson? Most, yeah, yeah, do most of my JV stuff. Yeah.
0: With. Okay. So again, not advice. Like I talked to your lawyer. That's just what I heard. I thought that was very interesting. You can listen to that episode. I forget what number it is, but Sean Quigg was on. Um, okay. Yeah. Very cool. So uh, so you're structuring your JVs that way, Sean's uh, or somebody in his firm's been helping you out. That's that's cool to know. Did you hear about him on the show?
1: No. Um, yeah. So uh, I was involved in a real estate uh, like a mentorship group, and mm-hmm. he came on, did a couple talks. Uh, okay, there, yeah, and I was able to reach out to him. I, I think he's the the real estate lawyer on Instagram.
0: Yeah, he like he brands himself as yeah, the. Yeah, so real, I just hounded him on like, Instagram.
1: I'm like, hey, yeah. like let's let's do this deal. And you know, he's a busy guy, so like you know, if he getting some Facetime with him it was good. Yeah. And then you know, he's like, I actually have a deal. Like i want to do this because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people reach out to him. And again, I'm not saying don't reach out to people on Instagram, but mm-hmm. some people like no, like hey, I just want to talk. He's like, I don't have time to talk. Like, are we doing stuff? So yeah. it's great. Like I have a deal. Like I really want to do this JV. Like it's either gonna be you or another lawyer, and I'd love it to be mm-hmm. you. So he's like, okay, this is good. So we're able to kind of talk about that and like some other. So he
0: gave stuff. you an agreement. Does he do every single? one or do you just adapt the agreement
1: no every single one like part of my jv process is like yeah. the myself and the joint venture partners will talk and say this is what i want the agreement to look like yeah. we'll sit down with sean sean will rip it apart yeah and then we'll go back do some homework and then we'll come back and finalize it okay
0: um okay so the, and that's probably a good way to dot your i's cross your t's make sure everybody's on the same page so how do you structure your jv um like if you're doing a deal like that
1: Great. So there's two ways that I've, I've been running right now and I've kind of given it to the investors. So simple 50-50 split investor or passive partners bring uh, all the down payment closing renovation costs. Uh, we split the cash flow 50-50, split the equity 50-50 mm-hmm. um, and then any refinance or sale, they get their money back uh, prior. And then the other way that i have uh, been structuring it lately is 75 25 so mm-hmm. the uh, passive partner gets 75 percent interest in the property i get 25 percent interest there's also uh, an asset management fee on that as well and then again we still split this cash flow 75 25. so a little bit more equity for the partner there with a little less cash flow coming to them month to month versus if you want a little bit more cash flow and you don't care about the equity we probably go to the 50 uh, okay. 50 split okay
0: interesting so yeah and i and i've heard a lot of people talk about this from a jb standpoint is like not everybody wants cash flow. Yeah, Some people don't want any at all. It depends on what their income scenario is. Some people are in it for the long-term wealth. Um, in today's market, I feel like a lot more are just going to take the cash flow. Yeah. Um, just know, you know, you don't really know what equity is going to do in the, the near future. And what's, what's your estimation when you talk to people and, and work out a deal with them? What's your estimation of how long they're going to be at a deal for?
1: so we'd minimum 5 years. I won't do anything shorter than 5 years. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you just say, "Well, here's our plan. We'll evaluate after 5 years what we want to do." 100%.
1: And I keep them yeah. up to date. Like I pride mm-hmm. myself on my investor communications and yeah. really them give giving them a vision for the project, for the business, yeah. like this is where I want to go. And I've had a couple of people say, "Hey, like let's do something," but we were mm-hmm. just so unaligned on where we wanted to take things. I was like, yeah. "I don't think this is going to work. I don't even want to see it what it's going to be in 5 years. So let's just not even uh, bother getting ourselves uh, together." Cuz you don't need 50 yeah. partners. You need like Well, no, I was at uh, asking you said
0: 10 new partners and 10 new jv or 10 new deals 10 new jvs yeah why 10 why not one partner to do 10
1: deals because i don't want to <laughs> keep the wealth small so a Uh, like kind of for me, like, you know, I didn't come from like, I'm not going to give you a story like, Oh you know Mm. rough on the streets background. No, that's, I had a really good upbringing parents like, you know, showed up. Um, but I just wanted to kind of spread the wealth. Like once I kind of figured it out, I'm like, man, I got to tell everybody about this. So, and I love people. Like I know some people like a little too many cooks in the kitchen. I would rather work my business harder to facilitate 10 people. And you know, I'd love to have those relationships rather than just having one guy. We do 10 deals. Yes. It'd be easier to manage, but I want to spread it out.
0: Okay. I mean, you never know. Like Those 10 people could do 10 more deals. So 100%. that could be cool too. Yeah, um, Interesting. Uh, just looking at your deal again, because I, I forgot to really look at what's the total returning. And that's that's something that you really got to look at these days. Um, so if you figure even 0% appreciation, yeah. and just stagnant um, over the next five years, that still looks to be about 25% yeah. ROI. Not a bad little deal. Just between the the yearly pay down and uh, your cash flow. Cash flow being be the big part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the things you could play with is, you know, would it make sense or would it potentially increase your return to pay down a little quicker? I am going to look at that. So for, if you go to a 25 year M, mm-hmm. instead of being a 1,077 mortgage payment, it ends up being a 1,152. But, um, What's your overall return? Return looks the same. You're just paying down an extra thousand, twelve hundred a month. I'm just thinking for from an equity standpoint down the road. If you don't know what's going to happen to value, it's great to know your mortgage is paying down. Yeah, a little bit faster.
1: Yeah, I. I, The thing I think it would maybe if the property if like if your loan is a little bit bigger, Mm -hmm. I could see that. But like the loan amounts in Timmons, especially what I'm dealing with now, are so small. Like, yeah, put on thirty, like thirty twenty five. Like, yeah, I mean at the end of the day, if you're going to keep long term,
0: none of that matters.
1: Yeah, right. I'm going to be fine, Like.
0: Well, yeah, like people are probably still going to, like people are still coming to Ontario in large number, yeah. right? Immigration is still a thing. Um, why Timmins? Like, I mean, obviously, like most people's answer starts with, well, the cash flow. Yeah. Um, but why Timmins? Like, what do you like about that town?
1: 100%. So a couple of reasons why I got up there. So I worked in Sudbury for like six months. Okay. Um, and I was going to be a Sudbury And that's guy. like an hour away? Oh, no, a little bit more. Uh, an hour and a half away like from Timm- Sudbury? Timmins is like
0: seven and a half from Toronto. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So how far from Sudbury is Timmins? Oh, like two and a half.
1: Two and a half? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I looked, worked in Sudbury a little bit, and I wasn't really into real estate at the, the time, but I was kind of looking around, and prices mm. were really low. So when I got into it, I'm like, oh, I'm going to Sudbury. I already know the, the area. Mm-hmm. Did a couple of wholesale deals, tried to find something, but there's a lot of competition. That was like right at the height. Yeah. Well, that's
0: that's Robbie Clark's playground. Though, 100%. So. Right.
1: And I just, I was, I
0: think he's in Timmins,
1: too, though. Oh, he's uh, doing yeah. a little in Timmins. Yeah. Too. Have you ever uh, run into him and yeah. stuff? Yeah. yeah. He's got way more firepower than me. I said, hey, man, slow down. I'm trying to catch up. Like, that uh, <laughs> it's, it's all good. I think there's enough yeah. that we can all eat up there. Um, Um, So anyway, I went up to Timmins and I was just kind of looking where my income stood and what I was able to do. Like I had the skills to be a real estate investor. I just didn't necessarily have the funds to do it down here. So I just took the same skills that I had here that do from the deals I've done in Southern Ontario Mm -hmm. and just went up there, you know, did some value add opportunities, found some good properties, some off market, some on market, and I was able to do it. But the thing I like about Timmins, it still has the fundamentals that I like population is small and I will take that that's a stagnant one. population as well. Yeah, it is not going up, not going down. Not going up, not going down. So I will take that out so everyone can come after me for the market there, but yeah. it's driven by uh, mining, forestry, it has two post secondary educations, it's got a major hospital there. Um, yeah. so the, the town awful. is still firing. Um they got to put they full, it's not even like <clears throat> Some smaller towns like OPP does their. I used to be a police officer. So okay. um, OPP does a lot of smaller towns. And that's kind of an indication that it is a smaller town. But Timmins has its own police service, which says something yeah. about it. They also need their own police service because crime's not not uh, awesome in some of the areas. Of, in so Timmons, it's a little area. rougher. Oh, yeah. Like if you go right by like Algonquin, which is like the main street that runs through the town, um, like, you know, any street, one or two up, one or two down, I would try and stay away from. Um, and then even the, the outside, the outskirts, it's called like Schumacher. I'm okay. Not the, not the best, but oh my goodness, the cash flow. If you can get a place and it's running well, the cash flow you can get in some of those places. I know single family homes doing a thousand plus cash flow a month. That's nice when you can get that. Yeah,
0: I don't know if you want the, the headache. The headache that yeah. is the
1: thing. The headache will make you want to stop.
0: There were always like places in London on Hamilton Road that I looked at. And I'm like, I could I could really make some cash flow down there, and I just no, I'm not gonna do no, that. It's not, worth not that uh, there aren't people who love that model. Like I know Mike Rosehart, like that was his like playground down yeah. there, um, but you know, you, you will deal with a certain type of tenant and mm-hmm. you will have to cater your business accordingly.
1: Yes, exactly. So
0: if, you know, you choose, choose what, what kind of tenant do I want to serve? 100%. 100%. And uh, so obviously you're staying away from that spot. How many people do live in Timmins? Is it uh, like a 30,000, 40,000? 42K. 42, 42? okay. Yeah. So
1: not not that small. Not that small. Yeah. And there and there's room. Because like if you look at Timmins on a map, you see a lot, like you can grow Timmins as big as you wanted. If yeah. like obviously not towards the mine, but like- nickel other, mining? Yeah, nickel up there, yeah. Anything else they mine or uh, they got a couple other stuff, but Nickel's like their are bread and butter. Yeah. And they just opened another or just had plans for another uh, mine they're gonna dig there. So they're gonna be mining up there for Oh, there's
0: some... new exploration? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um that's uh... so if you
1: look at Tim on a map, kind of the north uh, east side, like that's where the mines are. Mm-hmm. And then but if you go like southwest or south or northwest, like there's mm-hmm. a lot of room that you can still kind of grow out yeah. if they wanted to there. Um I don't know if they have the population or infrastructure to do so yet, but I just know the opportunities there. But I'm okay, even if it stays mm-hmm. at 40, like I'm okay and I'm comfortable um, being in that market.
0: Yeah. Just looking at, are people really building new houses in Timmins? I would guess not. No. No. So that's not really happening. That won't happen until more people start coming to the area. So maybe new mining projects would cause that to happen. And then at that point, now all the existing houses have to come up to match the cost of new construction. Yeah. If and when that happens.
1: 100%.
0: So time will tell, right? If that new mine opens up and, you know, I don't know how many new employees they're going to need.
1: Yeah, and, and they bring a lot in. So, like, that's another thing. Cause the thing I like about the income is you get all these young guys with their girlfriends. They come in, they go to Dodge, they buy a $150,000 truck. They're making like 75 bucks an hour at the mine, but they don't want, they know they're only going to be in Timmins for two to three years. So, they don't want to buy, but they have a ton of disposable income. They want a nice place to live, mm-hmm. a nice place to kind of park their truck. So, they'll pay like really high rents. I got mm-hmm. a property in Oshawa that is lower, that's rented lower than some of the properties I have in Timmins, which is crazy. Hmm. Right. So, so do you and have I some love nicer places in Timmins as well. Like oh, yeah, there's like million dollar homes in Timmins. Yeah. Like there's this one place like I really want to buy. It's like a cottage property. It's like one of these beautiful Muskoka style cottages mm-hmm. on the lake uh, up in Timmins for like 700k. So there's a lot of very nice properties yeah. up there. Um just but the they don't just they don't get the love because there's not a lot of people who can afford to actually buy those properties in Timmins. Yeah. Cuz those people who can buy it usually don't buy in Timmins. They'll just yeah. rent because it's so much cheaper to do so.
0: I think elizabeth kelly's up in that area too isn't kirkland she? lake kirkland lake so how far is that from there uh about an hour and a half hour and a half yeah, a okay more, more. that's a
1: smaller smaller town. that's a smaller town there y- any thoughts on that one did you consider that town? i owe 100 oh yeah, yeah yeah especially when i was running out of money i'm like man i gotta go go to kirkland lake but um i took a step back i was like hey guys yeah. we're really building some good systems a good team here why just chase like the cash flow why don't we try to build something yeah build it out something there. else there so yeah Timmins, i'll go as far as like south porcupine but that's uh kind of where i'm staying
0: okay i'd have to look at a map to see what South. yeah sorry it south just porcupine yeah there's a
1: couple of smaller towns yeah. uh, uh just interesting west. interesting names they sound weird to hear but i mean it's I'm funny because sure that like, that's like, all i like, like, all i talk about and then i talk to like uh people investing in like burlington or hamilton and they're talking yeah. about hamilton I'm like what is what is that which i should it's yeah. just down the road but
0: i'm sure you know speak to an american about like our little towns, Guelph, Burlington. Yeah, <laughs> where? <laughs> like what? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, okay, so obviously there's a there's a lot of opportunity up there. Um, there is a certain risk factor. I think there's a certain inconvenience factor that kind of builds that return oh, because yeah. it's so far out. Like it's very cold there, probably. Oh,
1: yeah. Like, you gotta shovel your roof, and like you gotta work that into your numbers. Like you gotta shovel your roof, roof shoveling in the because there's the too much snow builds up too on much it. snow because it never melts, right? It no. stays too cold too up cold, there, too cold, right? Especially if you have a flat roof, like that's something you really need to to take account of. Yeah. Single family homes, you're okay, just they're angled better, but you know, bigger multis, yeah. like you should probably work that into your. numbers.
0: Do they have higher slope roofs? Roofs there, yes, like because yeah. yeah, down here you'll find you know people have a four twelve for anyone who knows what that means, or six twelve yeah. means for every six inches of run it goes up, um twelve. So yeah i mean those those maybe you'd see higher slopes up there just to kind of get the snow off of it
1: heated roofs like there's like there's different even like services that will come to do like treat your roofs differently like to put like de-icer on them so like the snow when it hits it it doesn't uh stay like it tries to melt quickly um yeah there's a whole different uh the winters you just need to understand timid's winters because that's a whole nother ball game you're playing than here like they had snow in like october yeah that's not fun right So, and if you're not playing that game, like I was working with uh, a client and he was doing some renovations. So he had no one in the property. And I told him like, Hey, you need to budget for snow removal. He's like, Oh no, it's fine. It won't snow. And I said, no, we need to. And -hmm. he didn't really uh, do it. And I showed him the pictures. I'm like, Hey man, like I'll take this myself if I have to, but like, we can't have anyone in the property. It's like four feet of snow.
0: Yeah. So Tim and Snowfall. So tenants are just good with it. They clear clear their own snow though. They know they've hundred
1: percent. Yeah. And they and they know because like they most of the tenants there have been there uh, a good while. I always provide at least a shovel, and then I'll do like a uh, at cost for a snowblower. Like mm-hmm. especially if you're getting into these single family homes, like they want it to be nice. You you mm-hmm. just add it like as they sign the lease. That's when I do all the add-ons. Like I try to. Yeah. That's a little the 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 business side of me comes out when I do a lease. Yeah. Like, I sell. Everything at the top end of that lease, I'll sell cleaning supplies, sheets. Like I'll give them a whole list of stuff they can just check, 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 check. And then when they move into the house, it's there. Make a little bit, uh, you know, on there. Interesting. So yeah, I never heard anybody doing that. Oh, affiliate idea. Put all your affiliate links too. They can just click everything there. Yeah, you have
0: everything you might need when you move into the house. Here you go. Here's your welcome package. Boom. That's not a bad idea. I used yeah. to, I mean, I never did that with the students, but, uh, you know, I tried to automate things for them, but yeah, selling them stuff. Yeah. There you go.
1: And then another thing that yeah. I found really good is like, cause obviously I'm not from Timmins and mm-hmm. like, I don't look like I'm from Timmins. And I only say this because I've done the diversity studies. There's not a lot of black eyes in Timmins. Yeah. Um, so it was very, like when I was connecting over the phone, it was hard because sometimes they, they, I'd go on a video call with someone yeah. and I'd see their face They're like, Oh, They're like it's like, it's okay. <laughs> um, but what I've done to connect is like, hey, like, um, I call like burger shop. I'm calling pizza places, hair uh, salons, yeah. and I let them know, I'm like, hey, my name is Isaiah. I'm an investor, first position in real estate. That's my company. Um, we have tenants coming in. Would you like to offer like coupons or newsletters that we can add to their welcome package? They get yeah. excited. They give us a couple coupons. We add it into the welcome package, and now I have that relationship with them. Because let's say I'm ever in a gym, yeah. i be like, hey, Nelly at the salon. I'm in a gym, like you know, do you know anyone? Yes, Isaiah, I got all these people. And they just send me them. And now I'm like this guy in Toronto who's making all these really cool relationships, but valuable relationships with it's these smart. guys in Timmins. So yeah, so walk me
0: through your background. What led you led you to this? You said you were you're doing policing. Yeah. Um, like what'd you go to school for for? Like when give me the timeline.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, high school uh big into sports got a rugby scholarship went out to laurier played rugby mm-hmm. for two years coach left played football for the next two years mm-hmm. got that dual sport uh athlete designation uh, got a degree i was like hey i'm gonna be a cop like that's all i wanted to do law enforcement i uh, got on with Metrolinx, one of the best jobs i've ever had in my life um looking back i don't know why i left but anyway i really wanted to be a cop mm-hmm. got on with the uh, toronto did that for mm-hmm. uh, a year and a bit just wasn't it um i don't know if it was my assignment or this maybe i wasn't a big city guy but i just wasn't enjoying it there so uh, i resigned from that uh, now i'm an ambulance communication officer so still in the emergency services field still in the the government uh mm-hmm. field um and did that there my biggest thing is how i really dove into real estate i was seeing these guys as like you know cops i'm like you're 35 years in you're still working like you look mm-hmm. tired and, and and again this isn't me like taking mm-hmm. a, a jab at uh older police officers but it's like man this is not a life i, I want to live like 30 years in at yeah. the kind of income you're making like you guys should be living immaculate lives and i wasn't seeing that so i was like you know this might be something that needs to change you're, you're saying like just the job itself was like wearing on them oh yeah even me and yeah. i was and i was young and you yeah. know maybe a little bit more entitled uh than some of the older guys who've really worked uh for that like you came in you just came, from stuff they've seen what they have to deal with exactly yeah. right like the amount of bodies i have on my like that i've seen or that i've dealt with like even in my like you know four year law enforcement career, that's more bodies than most people will ever need to see in their entire life. And I've yeah. had you know potentially another twenty years of that. And I was like, mm, does that is this the yeah. best way that I to make hundred k, or is there other ways that I can build wealth for myself and my family? Kind of really re looked mm-hmm. at the real estate thing and said, hey, let's uh, do this, and then yeah. put a life together that makes sense. So this uh, the ambulance communication officer with uh, the real estate is working really well to kind of grow, yeah. and get where I want to be. Like, are you shift work? Oh yeah, and I love it. So is it rotating or like how, how does that work? Uh, so I have it set up where I'm like part time, but you just pick up all the hours that you want. And I love it because I work like nights most of the time. Like I worked nights last night mm-hmm. and I feel like I get one and a half days out of every day. Most people work nine to five when everyone else works nine to five. Mm-hmm. So you, it's really hard to coordinate stuff. So when mm-hmm. everyone but now since I work the nights, everyone else working nine to five, I get them from like two to five. So I'm available. They're available. I can do yeah. anything I want. Showings, calls, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. And then when everyone else is asleep, I go to work. Yeah. Get my stuff done. Take care of all my admin. Um, uh, on my night shifts, get back, uh, sleep a little bit, get back to work. And, and I, so
0: you have some time to take care of some some tasks you need to get done that are your own, uh, not outside of work while you're at work. 100%. Yeah. Like yeah. The,
1: just the break schedule and like you know the the lower call volume uh, mm-hmm. at nights. Like you know obviously i'm not on the phone dealing with contractors but i can set like the amount of systems i've set up there while you're working yeah yeah that's
0: actually interesting it almost forces you to work like i am here can't be on the phone like let's just get some stuff done just get
1: some work done like i come out of like a night shift and i've done so much and then like i'm at home and i'm almost like i'm almost like lazy because i'm like i don't have to work as hard because i know i got 12 hours coming up tonight and I'll, i'll bang it out there so
0: yeah so what hours do you work typically? Like what's a night shift? Like six to six. Six to six? Okay, so 12 hours shift.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, so you didn't get that much sleep. Well, when did we start?
1: Yeah. <laughs> three? Yeah, six. That, that's okay. I'll sleep, yeah. I'll sleep later.
0: You'll sleep later. Yeah, sleep. you're okay with that. So so you have to do what? Three of those in a week? Four of those in a week?
1: Yeah, so three and a half yeah. in a week. So if it's if what I try and do is two 12s and one 16, yeah, um, just keeps the day, the last days I have to go in yeah that makes 40 hours yeah yeah it makes 40 hours Uh keeps my mortgage guys happy Um, so they, yeah I can write everything down uh, how they need to but you know just going forward I feel like there's some other opportunities coming like the property management business is growing mm-hmm. You know, businesses adjacent to the real estate are growing as well so I'm excited for the future yeah um, and you know this keeps me a little bit more flexible as well
0: oh for sure it helps you qualify too yeah oh yeah,
1: yeah. so what's the goal
0: With uh, with all this, like, how far do you want to go? Like, when are you looking to
1: quit the job? Um, I thought, like, when I was like, when I left uh, Toronto, I was like, oh, I got to quit my job. I got to be full time real estate. Um, And then, you know, after speaking with some people, especially my dad, we've had some really good conversations over the year. I don't think I want to be like a full time investor, just a stress. Because even like, you know, I'm sure you've done a a renovation project and things go wrong. Like, that's a lot of stress, and especially when your Mm -hmm. your livelihood comes off that directly. I'd like to get to a position where I'm like part-time optional. I don't really have to work, but I have this part-time job that I go to optionally that one lets me network with people that aren't yeah. directly real estate uh, wise, but I still have a big focus on real estate to kind of grow my, uh, my wealth and my mm-hmm. business. And I can go to the cottage a couple times uh, in the summer.
0: Yeah. I was talking to a guy and, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to give his name because I don't want to throw him under the bus, but his job, his particular job allowed him to basically have like you know, he works an eight hour shift. He's got like seven hours of time. He can just do whatever. No. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. So he uh, he just gets stuff done, does like side work while he's at work. I mean, if you have a job like that, why would you want to get rid of that? Right. Like, that's... Use that to be productive, doing what you need to get done, build your business. I mean, down the road one day, if you just absolutely don't need it and you don't like it, then sure, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think a lot of people are in a big hurry to just quit their jobs and um, And you have to look at the quality of life you're after like what what is it that you're trying to do Uh, because maybe that job isn't the worst thing but i think being dependent on that job almost universally is yeah because you just never know what might happen you might you know your job might be in jeopardy one day and that's your stream of income yeah so for that reason diversify
1: big time I think um and sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no uh, So I was listening to bigger pockets like David Green made a great uh, um, comment. So a lot of these 20 and, I'm, you know, I'm under 30. So all these 20 year olds, including myself, mm-hmm. big rush to quit their job, be financially independent. Great. So let's say you do it. Let's say you built this big business and you're done at, you know, 25. What are you going to do? Like all your friends are still working. Your family's probably still mm-hmm. working. Like, do you have enough people to do that? Like, what is your what, what does it look like when you're 55? You got to hang
0: out with other people who do do the same thing. Yeah. Like have, and go on a million vacations a year
1: like Kellen yeah. Kel- Panicha does. Exactly. <laughs> right. So it's not bad. And I'm not saying if that's your goal, great. Go ahead and do it. But are you leaving stuff on the table in terms of like the person you're going to become like going through it? Like you don't maybe the, the, the destination is important, but it's not the most important. Like that person you become like think about all the stuff like you've gone through that I've gone through like mm-hmm. on your way to building that real estate business. That's a cool stuff. Like, you know, I'm in the business right now. We're having this podcast. Like, this is the cool mm-hmm. stuff. Not like, you know, necessarily, you know, being 20 and, you know, having tons of money to to do whatever you want. Yeah. What do you do with all that free time? You got to have a plan for that. Yeah, you got to have a plan. Like, what did you yeah. build a business? Did you, do you have something you're passionate about to put this time yeah. and money into? So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Some other ones that come to mind, uh, Jeremy Ivany and Taylor Sears, yeah. like they're, you know, sort of, they run their, their real estate business, but you know, there's a lot that they don't need to do. I remember talking to Jeremy about like when he kind of fired himself from working physically at the jobs and, you know, went from golfing once or twice a year or whatever to golfing like multiple times a week.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: That sounds fun.
1: That sounds yeah. amazing. That sounds. Yeah.
0: Cool. yeah. So um, definitely got to put it in perspective. Um, so are you writing down specific goals? Like what, how do you structure? I mean, I guess it really it just comes down to getting stuff done at work. Yeah. And then as far as the goals you're looking for, do you have a number of units?
1: Uh, definitely not a number of units because that's a that's Water a da- <laughs> that's a dangerous game uh, to play. Just again because you really fight the unit count. Like, yeah. are we getting good quality units? Like, are you yeah. getting a casual? Like for me, it's a cash flow goal at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I can build, like, you know, I, I still have stuff in Southern Ontario that's growing and that, yeah. those are gonna be my equity plays. Whereas right now it's just a, a cash flow Yeah, position. so that's a cash flow market, of course. 100%. I don't to think get,
0: you can really bank on much appreciation anyway. No, and yeah. uh,
1: even I underrate at like like 1% uh, mm-hmm. appreciation in, in those deals there. But, you know, if you can get to a cash flow position that's comfortable, kind of lets me explore other things. Like two of the initiatives that I really love about my business now mm-hmm. is I have a scholarship program and a co-op program. And those are two things that I'm super passionate about. And if I never made another buck in real estate, but those two things went well, then I'd be a okay. Hang on. You have a scholarship program? Yeah.
0: That you are running in your company?
1: Yeah, yeah. So how does that work? Yeah, s- sure. So uh, kind of stem from the co-op there to kind of two things. So uh, my co-op program is I work with a local high school. I get one co-op student uh, a term and they work directly in the business. Like I entrenched them in everything, um, marketing, sales, lead generation. Like e- even one of the wholesale deals I did last year, direct reflection of my co-op student. I was so proud of her. She did mm-hmm. amazing, like followed up with the lead, like let me mm-hmm. know. It was like working the lead, talking to them and getting information. And, and then we closed and, you know. I'm not allowed to pay her, but I took her out to a nice dinner, uh, a nice lunch. And okay. I'm like, hey, this is you. Like, you know, I it's my business, but yeah. like you facilitated this. And I think it was really eye opening for her. And I think that's important to me because when I was young, I didn't have that. I had a really bad experience. Like I had a business idea and I went to someone who was really I really admired in business. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much like threw the book in my face and said, yeah, right, buddy. And I felt defeated. And I said, I will never, ever have kids not yeah. have an opportunity to do that. So by doing the scholarship program, I'm yeah. gonna work with people. They get a scholarship. So short you're allowed business. to give a scholarships. So that's sort of what you're doing. Are you doing that for your co-op students? They get the scholarship. So they don't. Uh, they can qualify for it mm. nine times out of ten. They usually get it because they've been working with me. But mm. there's still a qualification process that we do through the school. And then throughout the the year, like different investors that I talk to when I you know talk about the scholarship program, we get donations there. And then I try and match them at the end of the year. And however big that pot is, mm. I usually give maybe one. Like last year, we were fortunate enough. We got two. Um, my goal is to give uh, maybe four next year. Um, to to kind of help some people out to uh, get started. Very cool. Yeah, And scholarships
0: to do what? Is for college, university?
1: Yeah, so they gotta be a post-secondary education. Doesn't mm-hmm. have to be real estate focused, um, mm-hmm. but it has to be some interest in either business or entrepreneurship. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And as far as the co-ops
0: go, that's an interesting angle. Um, are you able to find like I mean, you, you said she worked out well. Is that generally what you see like the co-op students are, are very helpful? Is it sort of like you you don't have huge expectations and they do deliver a bit?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I've had one that was like you should like she should work in a Fortune 500 company now, like as of grade 12. And I've had others that I'm like, this is more work more them, yeah. yeah. Right. So you kind of get both. But going into it, I kind of I kind of yeah. know that. Um, and it really depends. So there's a bunch of things that I know they're able to do. And we kind of mm-hmm. start them nice and slow. And between yeah. them and my VA, like we kind of work yeah. them through the process. And if they're really biting in and getting deep into it, like or yeah. we just keep pumping them. Um, but if they're having a tough time or we don't really see them engaged, we kind of give them um more minimal service level tasks yeah. and still get them involved, but like understand, hey, if you're not gonna put effort in, we're not gonna, you know, put effort yeah. out into like really uh, supporting That's you that just way.
0: The, the the challenge I see like lately and like, you know, just between people we've hired for various different things, not specifically in my real estate business, yeah. but um, you know, there's just like a different mentality now. Like the old guard, like, you know, even for like nannies or people helping out, like cleaners and such, like like, I like the like 60 plus, like they work hard. They work, <laughs> they, work. <laughs> they work really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see the younger crowd um, and I'm not, I, it's obviously nothing is a perfect rule. Like we've, we've had some great experiences too, my wife and I, uh, but it's not, uh, generally speaking, hasn't been the same experience. Like a little, a little more entitled as you, you pointed out and um, you know, I'm not quite ready to work hard.
1: Yeah. Like work a little, but, you know, then, then we'll call it good. <laughs> 100% hundred yeah. percent and i think maybe it's a a culture thing because um my dad and i were talking about it so my dad was my football coach when i was a little bit younger mm-hmm. than obviously i went up so he was still coaching after like i left and he's like man these kids are they're not the same and again i'm not taking a dump on all, all these kids but he's like mm-hmm. you can definitely see the mentality shift like we would go there coach would be mm-hmm. like running i remember one coach said run until i remember that you exist and that was like yeah. i was just like okay like we'll just start running i didn't yeah. feel bad i didn't feel attacked but i'm that same coach said that same <laughs> line to someone else and his parents came and is like don't talk to my kid like that and he's like yeah. i'm not belittling your kids the snowflakes but. yeah I'm telling the you so it's a, a
0: different time that we're going into very much so so that's why i mean even for our camp like we've got a few people that are like definitely in the 55 plus category nice. and we love them yeah like, great, they they work hard and you know like the value system and um yeah not to say that, that you can't find great kids i think that with what you're pointing out in the co- co-op program yeah. i would really want the opportunity to interview them thoroughly And yes, uh,
1: and and we can if you so I I put a lot of it on the school, mm -hmm. like I give them uh, stipulations and stuff. Um, but once I get one, we it's like a two day that like I kind of do. two day
0: evaluation before you decide
1: whether you want to keep them or not. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, you need that. Yeah, that. Yeah. Right. Because especially like yeah. to put a lot of time and effort into it. Like, you're mm. like, mm, like let's just see if we can get someone that's actually gonna work rather than me working for them. Yeah,
0: yeah, time. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody else wanted to potentially have a co op student come work in their business, like, can you have, give any pointers for our audience? Yeah, do it immediately.
1: Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel I see guys spending so much money. I'm like, man, high schools they're free. Like, they don't cost any money um might cost your time but yeah if you might. if you do a good job vetting them yeah you, and, and get and, and do your systems first i feel a lot of people do their systems after they get someone do your like figure out what you want them to do mm-hmm. put your systems in whether it's like actual like written um or video mine's all video like training yeah i like video training yeah 100 yeah. so do that so you know what they're gonna do and then let them go but very simply go reach out to the like i walked into the high school said hey this is me this is isaiah here's my driver's license criminal record check i'm not crazy um yeah. and then you just sit down with the co-op and they're dying to have it especially virtual opportunities now is that what you're doing virtual opportunities? yeah like i think i've been to the school once just to so kind you of your students face. aren't coming to you like you're just doing it all virtual oh virtual yeah they have a uh, certain time they check in they usually we use um click as our, ta- our task manager mm-hmm. and then we just communicate over in a whatsapp channel and mm-hmm. yeah they just send me like hey like you know getting started if there's a meeting we'll do it like if i'm on the go we might do a live meeting over whatsapp yeah. or if i'm at the computer google meet and And how how are you finding,
0: like, written communication skills? Like, are they good?
1: Um, Oh, yeah. Okay. Because these guys grew grew up on technology. So, for them, this isn't, like, that weird. Yeah, but proper English, not slang. Like, you know. Ooh, I don't. Emojis. I don't (laughs) let them do a lot of copy. Like, outbound emails. Yeah, Yeah, copy, yeah. I don't do, let them do, like, and not let them. It sounds like, oh, don't do this. But, um, they might do a like they, they need to prove it. Like the first co-op student I had, she could do everything. Like she could write, she could edit, she could like this girl was amazing. I'm like, How mm. are you in high school? Um, but then you know, I've had other co-op students who weren't so strong in English. So maybe they're like, Let's do more graphics or maybe you're better on the phones mm-hmm. or Maybe you're just, like, very admin, like, task-oriented. And,
0: and what will you get them doing on the phone? Like, coordinating things or cold
1: calls or what? Just, like, either, like, follow-ups for for contractors. And, yeah. like, a lot of relationship building, like, happened through my co-op student. I'm like, hey, I need you to call every uh, burger place in Timmins this week. And tell them this. to like, you know, write a little script for them. Um, and then take mm-hmm. notes on each call. And then, you know, I just kind of review the notes. And if anything popped yeah. off, maybe I'll jump in the call or anything. Um, but, yeah, great way to, to save face. And even, I remember one cleaner said oh like do you still have that uh, i won't say her name but do you still have that girl emily working for you she was so kind when she called i'm like oh yeah like you know and then we catch up on that now and that's another relationship mm. piece like you know that co-op student's now in university and like, oh yeah, she's doing well. She's like, oh, that's great, that's great. Okay, well, call me Isaiah if you need anything. Boom, just had that, like another awesome
0: notch in the yeah. You're you're really getting on the relationship building. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's it. And uh, that's that can just yield so many uh, dividends. So yeah. that's great.
1: All wholesale deals. That's how I got every wholesale deal I have has been off those somebody weird just relationships. reaching out to you. Yeah, like, hey, yeah, this person wants to
0: sell. Like, no question. Do you say anything to them? Hey, I, I buy houses. You just tell them that.
1: Uh, some sometimes but but how do they even know how do they even know to call you they usually just say hey you still do the real estate thing right that's like the go-to line i guess you still do the real estate thing right i'm like oh yeah like do you buy houses i'm like yeah for sure and then that's how the lead not even like because in Timmins, they're very standoffish against like aggressive like marketing yeah flyer campaigns guerrilla marketing especially if they see that 905 416 number no they have no time for you that yeah. is like a hard pass yeah so but yeah once you're able to make those relationships i feel like stuff flows a lot easier
0: very cool man i like it you've uh, you've dropped a, quite a few gold nuggets here today oh, thank
1: you appreciate that it's awesome um where do people find you uh i'm on instagram at, at it's mr henry and my youtube channel is uh, starting out and growing really well at first position real estate all one word okay uh, i got lots of content up there so those are the best places to find me
0: awesome and any words of wisdom you want to share before we wrap up
1: hundred uh, percent. Just go out there and get what you want. Uh, it doesn't always have to be exactly scripted the way that society tells us. If you're, if you're interested in something, real estate, business, sports, athletics, go out there and get it. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah.
0: Also got to make it work practically. Yeah, but,
1: make it work yeah. practically. But yeah go, get, yeah, go get it. Now, quick
0: follow up question to that. So if somebody wants to be a dancer, I mean, would you say go do that? Or would you say go build your real estate so that you can
1: have the time to do that? no i would say go do i would say go be a dancer, be a dancer. I, I feel like the people yeah. in real estate who are yeah. doing really well we're gonna do well in real estate regardless like i yeah. feel like if you're really pushing yourself to do it and you're like yeah, i don't really like this at all yeah like it's, you're gonna have a tough time because yeah. you're gonna go through some stuff you're not gonna love it so maybe find be dancing be so good at dancing yeah. that that's where you make your income and then go find yeah. me or you and let's invest in yeah. real estate that way so if you like it go do it and you'll be able to to grow there
0: I think multiple streams. So maybe yeah. do that and real estate, do a couple other things. Yeah. Like, Obviously everyone has to make it, you know, make dollars and cents at the end of the day, but that's cool. All right, man. I appreciate you coming over. Thank you so much. Man. It's nice really to meet you. Really and uh, yeah, we'll stay in touch. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one. There are a lot of people out there talking about the infinite banking strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them. To find out what it's all about and if it's a fit for you, visit controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines, where my audience can gain exclusive access to books, podcasts, and webinars tailor-made for real estate investors. Are you interested in getting started in investing in the United States but not sure where to start? Why not attend the Investing in the US Mastermind hosted by myself and Nick Van Dyke on March 4th, 2023. Nick and I will be covering topics ranging from A to Z, new construction, multifamily development, Airbnb, and much, much more, as well as the basics, including opening a bank account and understanding the proper corporate structure. We'll have several keynote speakers touching on very specific topics. And most importantly, you'll be sitting in a room with people who are highly focused and highly committed to investing in the United States. For more information, visit investingintheus.com and send me a DM on Instagram for a special discount code. I'll look forward to seeing you at the event.